Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam. Looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback and it's incomplete. They got pressure. On Prescott, it was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know who that's? <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet, and it is the Jets Raiders post-game report. A joyous occasion as the Jets destroy the Oakland Raiders at MetLife Stadium, 34-3. We're going to recap everything. We're going to talk about all the news and notes coming out of the game, go inside the locker room for some quotes, injury updates, so much more with the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Matt Stabokoski. Matt, I would imagine this was a lot more fun to cover than some of the previous Jets games. I would think that even as an unbiased observer, a member of the press, it's never a bad thing to see the team you cover do so well and see all the fans from that team in such a great mood. Yeah, let's put it this way. I, I certainly enjoy talking to happy people a lot more than I enjoy talking to sad people. So, uh, yeah, it, it was certainly nice. And, uh, you know, a blowout's always good, too. I had my uh, story that had to go up right at the end of the game done in plenty of time when, you know, the game ends in the third quarter. You got plenty of time to write. So, uh, from my perspective, pretty good day up in the press box. Matt, let's start with the biggest story here, the performance of Sam Darnold. If you look at the box score, what you'll see is a guy that threw for 315 yards on 20 of 29 passing, had two touchdowns throwing, one touchdown rushing, zero interceptions. You could sit here and you could quibble with some of the decisions that he made. There was one in particular where he threw what ended up becoming a 31-yard completion to Robbie Anderson, but he threw it in between two defenders. A risky throw when, on a third down, he had right in front of him an easy scramble for a first down. That's not something you really want to see on a regular basis because generally that is much more likely to result in a bad play than just taking the easy route to the first down. But it did work out, so if that's the worst thing that he did in this game, 
no big deal. Threw the ball away plenty when there were no plays to be made. Was in and out of the pocket very smoothly. There was one play in particular that was just absolutely incredible. He looked like he was on the verge of being sacked in the end zone for a safety. He was able to get out of it and complete a pass to Le'Veon Bell for a first down. That would have ended up being a punt and resulted in the Oakland Raiders getting really good field position. Instead, what happened was that the Jets drove down the field 96 yards for a touchdown. Darnold was also terrific in distributing the ball, hit multiple different receivers. One of them was Le'Veon Bell, who is obviously a running back, but was used a lot more in the passing game today. Paid dividends early on, making a one-handed grab that was absolutely terrific on the first drive down the field. Demarius Thomas had a couple of receptions. So did Jamison Crowder. Robbie Anderson had himself a touchdown grab. UConn's Ryan Griffin, as we are contractually obligated to call him on this podcast, had another touchdown. This, of course, coming off of the joyous occasion of him signing a three-year contract extension with the Jets. Just a very diverse passing attack from Sam Darnold today. And if he continues to do this, the Jets are going to be very dangerous, not just the rest of this year, but going forward in the future. This is very much the guy that the Jets thought they were getting when they drafted him at number three overall in the 2018 draft. There's really nothing else that can be said here. The box scores were fantastic. Watching him actually play was fantastic. This was a top-flight performance by Sam Darnold for the third week in a row. A lot of people said that you had to discount to some degree the performances against the Giants and the Redskins because they're bad teams. Today, he did it against a playoff contender in the Oakland Raiders. Three weeks in a row where he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Very encouraging sign for Jets fans and certainly very encouraging sign for young Sam Darnold and for Adam Gase in this Jets offense. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. And uh, like you said, that one play was a little bit risky, but I think uh, from my perspective, at least one of the most encouraging thing about Darnold's performance was that aside from that one play, he seemed to have a really good feel for when he needed to just throw the ball away or, or dirt it. I know he uh, you know, spiked that one at Le'Veon Bell's feet when he was kind of feeling some pressure. There was a few others that kind of stick out in my mind where he just knew there was nothing there, there was some pressure, and he just you know chucked it into row six which is exactly what he needed to do. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that about a month or so ago, Sam Donald wasn't doing and that was getting him into some trouble. And uh, if you're a Jets fan, I think one of the most encouraging things about Donald's performance today has to be the fact that he was kind of doing some risk management and not forcing balls aside from that one to Anderson. Uh, you know, for the most part, he was smart with the football, took care of it, and, uh, you know, just got rid of it when he needed to as opposed to trying to thread the needle. Like we said, Matt, just tremendous diversity in the offensive attack, not just in the passing game, but also in the running game. We saw Bilal Powell get some carries once again. So everybody was getting in the mix. I love the fact that Darnold was able to spread that around, and that's good because that's going to throw off opposing defensive coordinators just as it did today against the Raiders. And if they can continue to do this as the rest of the season progresses, it's going to continue to make life difficult for a lot of other opposing defensive coordinators because they're not going to have any idea how to properly combat this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the total number was nine receivers that Sam Donald hit today um, off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And like you said, super impressive the way he spread the ball around. A uh, good job by Sam Darnold, obviously. Robbie Anderson had a, a pretty big day with four grabs, a couple long grabs, but uh, he was not the the big focal point of the offense. Like you said, I mean, just really kept the defense off balance throughout the day, getting everyone involved. Uh, even 
Uh, you mentioned Bilal Powell. Ty Montgomery got involved a little bit there. I know his one big catch that would have gotten the Jets inside the five got called back for uh, an Alex Lewis holding penalty right before halftime there. But uh, Montgomery got a little bit more work in the second half too. I mean, uh, the Jets really were, were mixing up all their weapons today. And uh, Adam Gase, I know, was kind of asked after the game if this is what his offense is supposed to look like when it's clicking. And, you know, he said – that this was this was pretty close to what it's supposed to be. So uh, I think this is, you know, more or less what Gase envisions, mixing it all up, rolling through options, you know, letting the weapons kind of take their turn, and it, it obviously paid off for the Jets on Sunday. Matt, there's been plenty to criticize of Adam Gase this season, but I don't think there's much to criticize him for in this game. He did a really good job. One of the biggest problems with him so far this season has been a lack of being able to adjust when things aren't going well. That obviously wasn't an issue today because everything was going well, so there were no adjustments necessary. We'll see how he handles it in the weeks going forward. But for today, got to give Adam Gase and his offense a very high grade. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would have to think that this was his best game with the Jets so far. Um, you know, he's had good weeks the last three weeks uh, against the Giants. I think he actually did a good job of doing what you said he struggled with, which is adjusting. I know the Jets kind of did nothing in the second and third quarters in those games, but then they bounced back and scored on three straight drives when things got, uh, you know, a little hairy for them there and they needed points. So that was kind of the start of this whole role. And then the last two weeks have more or less gone off without a hitch. So uh, Adam Gates kind of picking up momentum here. A few players were asked and talked about after the game, uh, you know, if, if momentum for a play caller is as real a thing as it is, uh, for a player, you know, on the field. And they all kind of seem to believe that, yeah, it is. I mean, once you kind of get the feel for what's going on and, you know, you get on a roll a little bit, the play calls come a little bit easier. And obviously players executing those plays and getting ahead of the chains makes things easier for Gase as well. So uh, everything's kind of feeding into itself for the Jets right now. And, uh, you know, earlier this season, they seemed to be in one of those never-ending cycles. That was a bad thing. And right now, it's one of those feedback loops where one thing leads to another thing and all of it's positive. So uh, if you're the Jets, you just want to do just do nothing to disrupt that cycle right about now. One other player that we should mention, Matt, that we haven't yet is Braxton Berrios. When the Jets signed him after the Patriots released him just before the season, a lot of people were questioning why the Jets picked him over Greg Dortch to be on the roster. I think a lot of the answer at the time involved his ability as a receiver in addition to his punt return skills. He hadn't done a lot as a punt returner yet, certainly hadn't done much as a receiver. Today that changed. He had a big punt return. He had a huge play on offense where he caught a ball in the open field and was able to take it all the way down inside the five. That ended up resulting in another Jets score. Up until today, the Jets had to be disappointed with what they had gotten from Barrios, both as a punt returner and as a wide receiver. But in this game against the Raiders, the Jets got somebody who made an impact in both aspects of the game. They had to be extremely pleased with what they saw from Braxton Barrios here today. Yeah, for sure. And I think the most uh, impressive part, I guess, about those two plays that you talked about is the fact that they both came after a pretty big blunder for Barrios in the first half when, for whatever reason, he didn't catch a punt that was, uh, you know, he was standing just outside the 10-yard line. He let it fly over his head, and it bounced down to the three- or four-yard line and pinned the Jets in deep. So uh, that was a, a big error there. It looked like Brant Boyer wanted to absolutely, you know, kill someone on the sidelines when that <laughs> happened. His head looked like it was about to explode. Uh, but, 
you know, Berrios redeemed himself with that punt return that, uh, you know, set the Jets up with a short field. And then obviously that 69 yard catch and run. So, um, good on Berrios for kind of coming back, being resilient and, uh, you know, managing to make his mark in a positive way after, you know, really in the game, it looked like you would just be looking back at him as kind of one of the duds of this one. Matt, let's talk offensive line for a second. This is a group that has been very up and down, really more down than up, but they've been a little bit better the last couple of weeks. They continued that trend this week. By no means were they an all-time great offensive line. By no means would you even consider them above average, but I think going into the season, most Jets fans would have accepted passable. I don't think anybody was expecting or hoping for anything much more than that, and that's what you got today. Alex Lewis had a really bad penalty, and there were a couple of other mishaps on the offensive line, but for the most part, this offensive line was okay. There were some injuries. We'll find out more about that a little bit later on, but as a group, I thought they were decent today. Even Ryan Griffin was getting in there and helping in the blocking game. I was surprised because Ryan Griffin's not exactly known for being a good blocker, but he threw a nice block. He had himself another touchdown grab, just got himself a whole bunch of money. So he's really doing your alma mater proud right now, Matt. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll take it. Um, but, but yeah, I think the offensive line absolutely did play a, a solid game today. And uh, credit to those guys up front, too, because – Obviously, Calvin Beecham missed a few plays there when he got rolled up on early in the game. And then Chuma Doger goes down as well. And, uh, you know, he gets knocked out with a knee injury. So Brandon Shell originally had come in for a couple of plays at left tackle. And then he bounces across to right tackle when Chuma Doger goes down and uh, managed to hold his own, which, uh, you know, he, he was put in a little bit of a tough spot there. So good on Brandon Shell to, to kind of come in and perform pretty well, pretty admirably, keep things going. And, uh, you know, Beecham coming back into that game, first of all, I have no idea how he came back into the game. I saw the replay of that one immediately, and I just figured for sure that Beecham was out for the rest of that one. And, like, two plays later, he was in there. So I'm pretty impressive by Beecham to, to fight through that. He's been struggling with an ankle injury as it go as it is, and, you know, then he has to, you know, fight through getting, you know, a 300-pound guy landing on his leg. So I have no idea how he did that, but it's important that he did because – Obviously, losing both tackles in one game could have been pretty disastrous for the Jets. And the fact that Beecham managed to fight through that and uh, perform pretty admirably despite, you know, being a bit banged up there is huge for the Jets. And he's been kind of a, a sneaky, uh, you know, hidden gem for the Jets or I guess like unsung hero for them. Uh, I wrote something earlier this week about the the differences in Sam Darnold's statistics with and without Kelvin Beecham in the lineup. And uh, you might not think of Kelvin Beecham as kind of the X factor on this offense, but uh, the numbers have been pretty stark. I mean, coming into today, uh, Darnold had thrown eight touchdowns, two picks, and had a 104.8 passer rating with Beecham in the lineup. And without him, three touchdowns, eight picks, and a 50.9 rating. So, uh, you know, obviously there's more factors in play there than just Beecham, but uh, clearly Beecham has kind of been shoring up that offensive line of late and uh, having him in the game and having him be able to battle through that injury, no doubt, was helpful for the Jets uh, up front and also for Sam Darnold kind of having some extra time back in the pocket there. Matt, we should mention that the Jets' streak of getting opening drive touchdowns was snapped at four. Looked like it was going to be extended to five. There was a touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas, but that got called back on an offensive pass interference. Jets ended up getting a field goal from Sam Ficken instead. So they got points, but the streak was snapped. And just to punctuate how good of a day this was for the Jets offensively, 
they didn't have their first punt of the game until there were a few minutes left in the third quarter. So a very welcome change from what we've been used to seeing for most of the season so far from the Jets' offense. Uh, yeah, not having to see Lachlan Edwards, despite the fact that he's a bit of a fan favorite, is certainly better than seeing a lot of Lachlan Edwards if you're a Jets fan. No question. As much as we love Lachlan Edwards' punter and holder extraordinaire, it's always a good thing when we don't see much of him as a punter because that means that the Jets' offense has been very effective as they were in this game. Gase called a great game, as we said, but one thing that we should mention that was a little bit questionable was the fact that with the Jets up five scores in the fourth quarter, not only did Adam Gase continue to throw the ball, but he left Sam Darnold in the game with a soaking wet field, an unnecessary risk. Thankfully, nothing happened, and Sam Darnold didn't end up getting injured, but no idea why you would even take that chance when the game was definitely over. All they had to do was kill the clock. No sense in risking your 22-year-old quarterback there. Anything could have happened. Definitely think he should have put David Fales in at that point. Yeah, that uh, was one thing that I noticed during the game, too, and I tweeted about that. I mean, it certainly seemed like it was time to take Sam Darnold out of the game. I think I kind of said that with, if I remember right, roughly like eight minutes or so left in the game. Uh, I would have been fine-ish with Darnold kind of starting the fourth quarter if it was really early in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, inside the last ten minutes or so, there's no need to really keep him out there. And I know when he was out there, he was mostly just turning around and handing the ball off, but why risk having the guy turn an ankle or having someone break through the line and, you know, blow up the handoff or name another weird thing that could happen that could cause a Jets player some injuries because, you know, the Jets haven't exactly had a lot of good injury luck this year. So, you know, if you're, if you're them, I wouldn't want to push it any further than you have to. So um not sure why Darnold was in there as late as he was, but like you said, uh, the, the Jets dodged the bullet. So I suppose no harm, no foul, but um, you, you would think that, Adam Gase would have wanted to play with fire a little less there, especially he already got burned once in the preseason losing Avery Williamson when he admitted that he was out there too long. So, um, you know, for the future, probably better safe than sorry if you're Adam Gase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Matt, let's talk about the defense. I feel like a lot of what happened early on may have turned the tide of the game. Every time it looked like the Raiders might do something, there would be a mishap. And this just kept happening over and over again. They would pick up some key third downs, and then a receiver would drop a pass. And then later on, we had that ball that bounced off of a Raider, went into the hands of Brian Poole for a pick six. But early on in the game, there were a lot of drops. There were a lot of missed opportunities. It seemed like Derek Carr was cursed today. I know that the ball was slippery because it was wet out there. But if things had gone differently earlier on, if these receivers would have held on to the ball and these Raiders drives that were looking productive until moments like that had actually turned into touchdowns, this could have been a very, very different ball game. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're on, you know, if you're on the uh, play like a Raiders podcast right now, I think <laughs> they're talking about all the missed opportunities and how they shot themselves in the foot one time after another. And, uh, you know, all those blown chances for sure. I mean, they certainly had the opportunities early in this game to kind of swing the momentum in their direction and they did not take them, but uh, credit to the Jets then. I mean, the, the Raiders left the door open and the, the Jets managed to, you know, walk right through and slam it in their faces. So, uh, you know, if if one team makes a mistake, it's on the other team to capitalize. And the Jets certainly did a pretty good job of that this week. You know, every time the Raiders botched something, it seemed like they were right there to, to capitalize on. Going into this game, Matt, there was a thought that this was going to be the first real test for Blessing Austin and Arthur Millette, the two cornerbacks who'd played pretty well the previous two weeks and been a nice surprise late in the season when the cornerback play had been such a problem early on. They had come in out of desperation. Blessing Austin, of course, somebody that came in off injured reserve. He was expected to redshirt this year. He's had two ACL surgeries, and he also only played a little bit of one game in over two years. So he wasn't somebody that was expected to be in the position that he's in. Arthur Millette certainly not expected to do much either. He didn't even make the team initially, but they'd played very well against the Redskins and the Giants. People discounted that because the Redskins and the Giants are bad teams. The Raiders were the first major test for them, and I thought it was a test that they passed. They seemed to more than hold their own today. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I certainly, uh, I think one of the biggest things you can say about a corner is if you don't, you know, notice them all that often, they're probably doing a pretty good job, and uh, one of the biggest moments from a cornerback that I remember today is Bless Austin absolutely lighting the guy up. So uh, if a big hit is one of your memorable moments as a cornerback, probably a good sign. Um, the, they certainly seem to hold up pretty well. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that's going to be complaining about this performance. And uh, it's also unbelievably bizarre that somehow Arthur Millette and Bless Austin has turned into an upgrade over the Jets' original starting cornerbacks this year. But what a weird season. So, you know, I guess nothing surprises me anymore. That hit you're talking about occurred on a big play. It was a fourth and two, and it stopped the Raiders from being able to continue their drive. The Jets were able to get the ball in a turnover on downs. And Austin has continued to be a very pleasant surprise over the last couple of weeks. He's been playing very, very well. Jamal Adams, another guy in the secondary, playing very, very well. This week, not quite as good as he played against the Giants or against the Redskins. Would be almost impossible to keep repeating that on a weekly basis, but still had a really nice game. Another half sack as he continues to march towards history. He's now only two sacks shy of the all-time record for sacks in a season by a defensive back. He's got six and a half. The record is eight by Adrian Wilson. He's got five weeks left to break it. So while it's not a given by any stretch, he certainly has a chance. It's really a wild swing that's happened with Jamal Adams because a couple of weeks ago, it was at the point where a lot of people felt like it was inevitable that he was going to get traded at the end of the season. There was talk even from Jamal that he would like to go to the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of hurt feelings all the way around. But over the last couple of weeks, Jamal Adams seems to have put all of that behind him and has been playing the best football of his career. He was really, really good again today. And it's nice that we're talking about Jamal Adams now not because of turmoil going on around the team or the fact that we're speculating whether or not he's going to get traded at the end of the season, but because after a few weeks of turmoil and a couple of weeks where he didn't seem like himself, he's playing like the best player on this defense again. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jamal Adams really doing a nice job of driving up his trade value. The Cowboys are going to have to offer a lot this offseason, <laughs> it looks like. Um, okay, don't don't at me, Jets fans. Please, please don't blow up my mentions. Um, but no, yeah, for sure. Jamal Adams, uh, you know, what is this, four straight weeks now where he gets at least half a sack. Uh, he had, you know, one against uh, the Dolphins and then, you know, the two against the Giants, three last week against the Redskins, and, you know, here we are with another half sack this week. So six and a half sacks on the season, and they've all come in the last four weeks, if I remember correctly. So uh, pretty good stretch here if you're Jamal Adams, and uh, he's been uh, a key force for the Jets here, and uh, I know we're going to get to kind of what guys were saying in the locker room after the game, and uh, I will be sure to touch on what he said because he had an interesting quote about kind of uh, what happened in the Jets locker room before the game, so I'll, I'll leave that hanging out there for right now, but – uh, Jamal Adams' leadership certainly helping this Jets team right now. Matt, that's what we call a tease, and it was a good one. We're going to get to that a little bit later, but before we do, I want to talk about the Jets' run defense against the Oakland Raiders' rushing attack. This was a matchup that a lot of people were looking forward to. It was going to be a big test of this New York Jets' number one ranked rushing defense. They were going up against dynamic rookie Josh Jacobs, and they held him in check. The Raiders only had 68 total yards rushing. Jacobs only had a little over 30 yards himself. This has been an interesting development this season, Matt, because I know that this is a passing league, and being able to defend the pass is number one, but having a dominant run defense is certainly an interesting building block to have. Like I said, a lot of people were looking to this matchup to see if this Jets run defense was for real or if they were padding their numbers against inferior competition. Everybody singled this out as one of the key battles in this game, and it was a battle that the Jets run defense won. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they held Jacobs to 34 yards on 10 attempts, so pretty darn good stuff for the Jets right there. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I came into this game with, I guess, some healthy skepticism about the Jets' run defense just because of the fact that obviously the numbers were skewed down a little bit by the fact that they shut down Saquon Barkley a couple weeks ago, and, and that Giants offensive line obviously is not the best. So, um you know, there was some healthy skepticism there as to how real this was versus how much the Jets kind of padded their stats the last couple of weeks against bad opponents, bad offensive lines. But uh, I would, you know, say that the Jets certainly proved themselves on the run defense today. If you're going to shut down just Josh Jacobs and this Raiders run game that has been one of the better run games around the league, and you're going to hold them to 3.1 yards per carry uh, for the day. Uh, yeah. You're, you're, you're doing something right there. I mean, the Jets came into the day averaging 2.98 yards allowed uh, by opponents. And, you know, they managed to just barely let that creep up over three today. So uh, good for them. Good run defensive performance for the Jets. And, you know, like you said, it's always good to be able to make an opponent one-dimensional, kind of take away something there, especially if it's a team like the Raiders where the, the running game is kind of their bread and butter. If you can force Derek Carr to do some more, put a little extra pressure on him, it can only help the defense. Should mention in terms of rushing that Marcus May made a really big play on a fourth and inches. He was able to come up and stop the Raiders from picking up the first down. May struggled a little bit the last couple of weeks. People have started to talk about it. So it's really nice to see him start to get back on track with a nice game today, especially that big play on the fourth and inches. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big swing for the Jets in this game. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned the good field position the Jets go on and capitalize on that they took over on the Oakland 39 and four plays later they're in the end zone so um, you know big swing there for Marcus May uh, really nice play there the Jets had just scored a touchdown before that they get the stop on fourth down 
add seven more points right on top of that. So um, that brought it up to 24-7 and kind of was the first nail in the Raiders' coffin there before Brian Poole sealed the deal a couple minutes later. But, um, you know, big, big swing there from Marcus May, uh, you know, gigantic play and a clutch moment. So credit to him on that one. We praised Adam Gase before, so let's praise Greg Williams now. Another really good game that he called. A lot of injuries have happened on the offensive side of the ball, and they've received a lot of attention. Not as much attention paid to the defensive side of the ball, and I think a part of that is because Greg Williams has managed to have this defense competitive every single week. He's done a really good job overall. Another strong performance from him here. We gave Gase a very high grade. Got to give Greg Williams a very high grade, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you managed to hold the Raiders to three points when you're down uh, to, what, you're like fifth and sixth inside linebacker, something like that. You're probably fifth or sixth cornerback, something like that. Uh, you've traded away one of your biggest stars on defense and Leonard Williams. Uh, so, yeah, you know, this has kind of been a piecemeal unit for a while now, and Greg Williams has been, you know, making the most of it and manages to hold the Raiders to three points, like I said, and uh, Brian Costello dug up this stat earlier today, but it hadn't been since uh, 2011 that the Jets had held an opponent to three points. So uh, pretty darn good defensive performance there by Greg Williams' unit. So credit to him for chalking up a pretty good game plan and you know for his guys for uh, buying in and managing to execute it as well as they did. John Gruden seemed to have problems with challenges again today. I don't think he would have these problems if he had Dowell Loggins. Adam Gase doesn't seem to be stressed about challenges at all. That's because he knows he has his ace in the hole. He's got to go out and find himself a Dowell Loggins to take that burden off of him and be the keeper of the red challenge flag. Yeah, Dowell Loggins, the red flag guru there. Uh, absolutely a specialist in that department. Uh, though he did say that he was getting a little bit of crap for uh, how he threw the flag after last week. So he's planning to be a bit more assertive with his flag throws moving forward. So uh, something to keep an eye out for, Jets fans. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus play like a jet play like a jet matt let's head into the locker room what did coach gase have to say after the game so like i mentioned uh you know he said that this is basically pretty close to how his offense is kind of supposed to operate in his mind's eye so uh some praise for the offense there but it's funny, Gase is actually, uh, you know, he, he's never super uh, wordy or expansive after games, but particularly after wins, we've found out these last three weeks, he likes to play it pretty close to the best. Uh, you know, he's relatively short with his answers and relatively dry, kind of, uh, you know, even keeled. And I think uh, I have to imagine part of that is kind of a, a concerted effort by him to 
have his players see that, not get too high, kind of keep them in the right state of mind as well. And so far it seems to be working because this Jets team, at least to my eye, has really done a much better job this season than they have uh, last year. And, you know, I wasn't around in years prior, but from what I've heard, you know, this, this team used to fly pretty high after some wins and uh, they've done a much better job this year, certainly compared to last of kind of staying grounded after wins. And I, I think Gase's demeanor is kind of a reflection of that and something he's kind of trying to have rub off on the team there. So uh, as much as he was uh, complimentary of some of his players and, you know, was complimentary of Sam Darnold and the offensive whole, as a whole, uh, he was not willing to get carried away here and uh, more or less was just, Starting to turn the page towards Cincinnati. What the players have to say. So I'll uh, I'll start with that Jamal Adams thing that I mentioned earlier on, and basically Jamal said that when the Jets walked out for pregame warm-ups, they got booed by a bunch of Raiders fans <laughs> on the stands there, and uh, the Jets did not take kindly to that. So when they got back in the locker room before kickoff, Jamal Adams had a, a little pregame talk with his team, and uh, he told us, you know, he, he wouldn't tell us exactly what he said to the team, but. Uh, he said it got a little feisty in the locker room and, uh, you know, he was saying to the guys, you know, that they felt disrespected and uh, that was kind of part of the fast start from the Jets, at least according to Jamal Adams telling us the fact that uh, those Raiders fans in the tenant seemed to have really riled them up and, and stirred the pot. So, uh, you know, if you're a Raiders fan that happened to be in MetLife Stadium, uh, sorry, but it seems like you might have contributed to your team's own demise on Sunday there because <laughs> – Jamal Adams was not a fan of uh, getting booed at MetLife Stadium by, you know, people wearing black and gray. But uh, other than that, Jordan Jenkins uh, was talking a bit about this team. And uh, one of the themes that I, themes that I was kind of hitting on with players around the locker room was what I just mentioned with Adam Gase and the fact that this team seems to be uh, a lot more even keeled, a lot more grounded after wins and, uh, Jamal Adams agreed with that. Jonathan Harrison agreed with that. Jordan Jenkins agreed with that. And, uh, you know, I'll have more on that over at NJ.com slash Jets tomorrow. But um, basically suffice it to say, they, they were kind of sharing some of the reasons for why they think this team has been a little bit better at that this season than last. And um, But they but they do all for sure agree that this team has done a, a much better job of kind of not flying too high after some of these wins and, uh, other than that, spoke with Ryan Griffin for a little bit. Of course, UConn's Ryan Griffin just uh, had to get his thoughts on sticking around with the Jets and you know signing that three-year extension. So uh, he was certainly plenty excited about the deal and uh, shared with me kind of some of his rationale, some of his reasons for locking up a three-year deal, despite the fact that you know it's only week 12 here and he could have hit the open market and kind of explored his options. So. Uh, we'll have something on that over at nj.com slash jets as well in the morning. So uh, be sure to check out those two things kind of for the the full quotes, but hopefully that's at least a, you know, a little nutshell, a little bit of a, a nugget as to what's in those stories. Any injury updates? So Chuma Adoga is going to have a MRI on his knee on Monday. So hopefully we'll get a, an update on the conference call tomorrow, but uh, he was spotted. I saw him in the locker room after the game and, he had quite a large brace on his knee, uh, did not look particularly good. The brace was uh, immobilizing his knee, too, so he, he wasn't able to bend it, anything like that. So a uh, big bulky brace and not being able to bend your knee is generally not a great sign, especially after you're helped off the field and aren't putting that much pressure on your legs. So, um, you know, obviously that is not the official medical diagnosis of Chuma Doga. We'll have to wait for that, but 
uh, I would be surprised if he's playing by next week at least. So uh, we'll have to see that. And uh, there was no one else that missed the end of the game due to injury. Obviously mentioned Kelvin Beecham's injury earlier on. He played through it, but uh, he was in a walking boot after the game. So we'll have to ask Gase about that tomorrow as well. But uh, for right now, no updates on him. Matt, anything else we missed? No, I think that about covers it. Um, but, you know, other than that, just head on over to NJ.com slash Jets in the morning here. Monday morning, plenty of stories going up. We'll have uh, those two that I mentioned out of the Jets locker room, another look as well at some of the you know the best performers, some guys that struggled in this game. And, uh, you know, just trying to do our best to put this whole thing in context here. And, uh, you know, please keep reading, even uh, with the holiday week coming up. Looking forward to, uh, you know, everyone having their turkey and everything and, and a nice side dish of NJ.com content as well. So, uh, head on over there and follow me on Twitter as well. It's M underscore Stifelkowski, S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. You should definitely go over to NJ.com slash Jets and check out all of Matt's work, including a really good piece that he put up on Quinn and Williams over the last couple of days. He spoke to three key people for the piece. One of them is NFL Hall of Famer Howie Long. Another is Chuck Smith, who's done some really great work with young pass rushers and who is one of the best pass rushers in the league in his own right for most of the 90s with the Atlanta Falcons. And the other was Brian Baldinger, who is an analyst for NFL Network and also a former pro. They all talked about what should be expected from Quentin Williams and exactly what his role in this defense is and has been because what Chris Nimley and I have talked about quite a bit and also Jamal Westerman has come on and talked about this is the fact that Quentin Williams is not being asked to be somebody that is going to fill up the stat sheet. He's being asked to stunt in two-gap and eat up two and three blockers at a time. I suspect largely because Greg Williams is looking for a way to make up for the fact that he's super thin at linebacker. And so while that's not exactly the optimal use of the number three overall pick, at least in my view and in the view of a lot of other people, and certainly is not going to produce the type of eye-catching stats that you would expect from the number three overall pick. And that's part of why a lot of people have gotten on Quentin Williams quite a bit so far. Greg Williams is not a guy that cares much about individual stats. He's somebody that wants to do whatever it is that he thinks is best for the team defense. And as Jim Valvano used to say, survive in advance. Whatever he's got to do to get through that week and to get to the next week and to, quite frankly, not only put the Jets' defense in the best position to succeed in his mind, but also further his own job security. You talked to these three guys. I thought they all had really interesting perspectives. Talk to me a little bit about what they had to say to you for this piece that you can read right now over at NJ.com slash Jets about Quinn and Williams. Yeah, I mean, that basically, in a nutshell, is kind of what they all had to say and is why I wanted to talk to them because obviously all of these guys – know a lot more about, you know, line play than I could ever hope to. So um, I know Baldinger kind of expressly said to me at one point that basically the way the Jets are using Quinn Williams right now, uh, the quote he had was, it's really about, te- it's really about the team defense versus individuals right now. So, um, you know, this might not be the scheme in which Quinn Williams is able to rack up sacks and kind of display his own individual prowess the best, but it's the one that Greg Williams thinks kind of, you know, fits his unit as a whole the best right now. So uh, in a way, Quinn Williams is kind of being sacrificed for the greater good. If you want to look at it that way, he's kind of being asked to eat up blocks and just occupy a bunch of guys so that other players on the defensive line can get back there and make some plays. And uh, you know, that's kind of been reflected in the numbers so far. And 
another thing that Kwaniger and Chuck Smith and, and Howie Long mentioned this to me as well, the, the Fox analyst, and obviously, you know, a former player in his own right. Uh, all of those guys also mentioned the, uh, the score effects are a big deal as well, meaning, you know, the, the Jets are four and seven now. They haven't exactly been playing with, you know, barring the last couple of weeks here, they haven't been playing with the lead for a ton of time here. And if you're uh, a guy that kind of makes his living, you know, picking up sacks, it's a lot easier to get those sacks when you're leading in the fourth quarter and you're up by 20 points and you can pin your ears back and just go after the quarterback because you have a little bit of a leeway there and you're allowed to just, you know, go after the quarterback, put some pressure on him. And uh, you have that comfort, you have that padding, uh, but the Jets obviously haven't been doing that instead you know, in a lot of these games, especially early in the season, teams were running the ball play after play to try to you know, eat up clock. And so it limits your chances right off the bat to pick up some of those sacks. So uh, while most of these guys, I think, were willing to admit that Quinn Williams still has some work to do on his own just to get more technically savvy, uh, more fundamentally sound, stronger, smarter, all the things that any rookie really needs to do. They all also, you know, offered some smart takes on just kind of mitigating circumstances as to why maybe the sack numbers and some of those other numbers that Jets fans would have liked to have seen and kind of expected after his big year at Alabama, why those things haven't kind of come around just yet and why they think that it's not uh, time to panic on Quinn Williams just yet. Chuck Smith particularly, I thought, had some really fascinating comments about what's going on with Quentin Williams. He's somebody that has a little bit of a connection to the Jets, too, because he helped Jordan Jenkins with his pass rushing. If you notice the improvement that started last year, a lot of different moves added to his repertoire. A lot of that was credited to Chuck Smith. He was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL in the 90s for the Atlanta Falcons. And I thought that what he said was incredibly insightful in Matt's article. So like I said, if you haven't read it yet, go ahead over to nj.com slash Jets and check it out. Matt, last order of business, the Jets are playing the Bengals on Sunday. It's in Cincinnati. And for anybody that's considering going to the game, make sure that you download the Vivid Seats mobile app right now and use the promo code OVERTIME. You'll get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase, which could be that game between the Jets and the Bengals in Cincinnati, or it could be something else. Maybe there's a concert coming to town that you want to see. Maybe there's another sporting event, basketball or hockey. Perhaps you want to go to a wrestling show. Whatever it is you want to do, you can get yourself some really good tickets for it and do it at a discount when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME to get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. And Matt, if you are going to that Bengals game this Sunday, which you are, but you're not going to need to buy tickets because you'll be in the press box, one thing that you will see that you haven't seen much at all this year is the Jets being favorites. They have opened as three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bengals on the road, no less. So I know the Bengals are a really bad team, but still the Jets haven't been favorites very much this season. Things are looking up right now for Gang Green. Yeah, amazing what a, uh, a game against a winless team can do for uh, you know a team in Vegas, right? So uh, Jets three and a half point uh, favorites. I would not touch that, frankly, if I were any of you, because if you know, even if the Jets have won three straight games. Uh, I would find it hard to trust this team. Uh, it seems like possibly the most Jets thing of all time for them to win three games, be a team that's in the playoff hunt, and then somehow find a way to lose to the Bengals. So uh, not to, not to burst everyone's bubble after a relatively upbeat podcast here, but uh, just try, trying to save some people some money, hopefully here. 
I'm actually curious to see what my brother Craig says about that game. He nailed this one. He said the Jets were going to win by two touchdowns. They actually won by, well, more than two touchdowns. He had been on a roll, seven straight winning weeks until last week. This week, he's back on the win side of things, had another winning week. So I'm curious to see who he picks in that Jets-Bengals matchup next Sunday. And we will find out during the pregame report next Sunday when Craig comes on to give his picks. But before that, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. And Matt, I really hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. Not sure where you're going or what you're doing, but I hope for your sake that it involves a whole lot of eating turkey, a whole lot of watching football, and a whole lot of relaxing. No working, just sitting back and enjoying the three Fs, family, food, and football. Thanks, Scott. Same to you. Hope you uh, enjoy the holiday as well and everyone listening too. And enjoy your Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Sit back, watch the football, eat a bunch of turkey, and you know, pass out one for one reason or another on the couch while you're watching the games it's the only way to do thanksgiving thanks again for coming on matt really appreciate it we'll talk next week after the jets and the bengals in the meantime make sure that you read matt's great work over at nj.com slash jets and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.